Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the upcoming. Doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about all the best and the brightest as they make their way to their dream careers. I'm your host, Jonathan Carr. Join me as we have a spectacular conversation with an equally spectacular person. You ready? Let's go. Hello, world, and welcome to The Upcoming, the perfect place to catch the best and brightest on their way to the top. First, let me just start by saying 40 episodes, people. 40 episodes. We did it already. We're cutting so far, and yet we're just getting started. So joining me today for The Upcoming's 40th episode is a social entrepreneur from Long Beach, California, much like myself. He's accomplished a lot from getting his bachelor's in engineering and business from Arizona State University to becoming a member of the board directors for Long Beach Economic Partnerships to founding his own company known as Anew, which he is here to talk about today. Ladies and gentlemen, a man of ambition who is skilled in project management, entrepreneurship, and is just wants to go so much further in his goals, Randy Rawlings. How's it going, Randy? It's going quite well, Jonathan. Um, you're too kind for one, and for two, thank you so, so much. It's an honor to be on. Love the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. So, Randy, if you, you've been following the podcast, you know I'm about to ask. In your own words, please indulge us. Who and what exactly are you? I feel like the best way to describe that is to kind of start with my why statement. So while I do describe myself as a social entrepreneur, very proudly from Long Beach, California, my why, the reason why I think that I'm here um, on this planet is to inspire, support, and empower others so that they can change their world. And I try to live by that through as many ways as I can. So as you shared, I'm the founder of a very young tech startup called Anew, which is an AI-powered platform for personal growth and lifestyle design. I'm also on the board of directors for Long Beach Transit, which is an incredible transit agency here in Southern California, providing services to millions of people across LA County. I'm a member of the Long Beach Economic Development uh, Partnership, as you said, and they really seek to make sure that our economy is more innovative and more inclusive and more vibrant and equitable here in the city of Long Beach. And then I'm an AI nerd and tech evangelist, and I really want to use next-gen technologies to help solve global challenges and help others. Mm-hmm. And thank you for that, uh, for that answer, Randy. So first, let's just go a little bit into your backstory. What got sure. you interested in business in the first place? So... I grew up as a really creative kid, and I use air quotes because when I was younger, to me, I don't know, that that wasn't... um that wasn't what I wanted to hear. I wanted to be kind of a more technical person, but I didn't really believe in myself. I didn't have the core competencies at the time to do that. And so people would tell me like, oh, you're so creative. And I'm like, well, what in the world am I supposed to do with that? I didn't really know how to apply creativity to a medium. I was diagnosed with ADHD at a really young age, and my parents, instead of wanting to medicate me, which they did because I was wild, but um, they also gave me two drumsticks and a drum set, which was terrible for their ears and their sleep, but it was great for me to try to find a path forward into how can I take something that's such a huge part of me and turn it into a venture of sorts. So I realized as I got older that my creative medium was trying to bring new things to the world. And 
I wanted that to be sustainable, right? I didn't want to just make a piece of artwork or write a song or create something in that realm. I wanted to impact people at a very large scale. And I felt like business was a good way to do that. So I originally wanted to go into film as well, which is why I connected with um, the previous podcast host, Rudy, I think you had on. Super cool story. Um, Awesome screenwriter, clearly. That was one of the first things that I did in the business world is... I suppose it's really in the film industry, but I, I went to school thinking that I wanted to do that. So I wrote a feature length screenplay um, that went nowhere and it was very exciting, but I wrote it and tried to get it sold and nothing happened, but realized maybe I should switch to a different medium and try that there. So uh, it's a long winded answer, but based on all of my experiences growing up, it, it felt like business and trying to make business more of a socially oriented enterprise and really realizing that there were ways to make money and be profitable while ultimately helping as many people as you can. That's what I would like to see from the future of business is more conscious capitalism. And I'd like to put all that together. So fascinating. I love the part where uh, your parents just got you a drumstick and you were just able to just bring yeah. out like, whatever passions you had into into that instrument. And you got to be a you got to be amazing at it right now. Are, are you? <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit too much, though. My team hates it. We can't go through a single meeting or record a podcast of our own with me drumming in the background. <laughs> so I have to get all the water bottles taken away from me like in an all-white room with nothing around. Otherwise, I'll get, I'll get going. Mm, okay. But, yeah. Now, that's – I love that story because just every – Everything about it, just every single point of your life just brought you right here. And you yeah. just, and you were really just looking for a way to just build that. Like, because in businesses, like, there's always like an art to it. There's always like some sort of like creative motion to it. And you found a way to yeah. uh, bring it to where you are now. And you've done a lot with it. So I thank you for that. So it's really amazing. So let me ask you, you, who's some of the, biggest influences uh, in your life as you made this journey? Sure. Um, definitely my parents, right? So my father was a small business owner slash entrepreneur. He doesn't own his business anymore. He sold it several years ago, but I got to watch the freedom that he had from building something with his own two hands. And it was a lot of work. He did some international business and was in like the marine construction space, which is a very niche market. But um, that meant he got to travel around the world. And so he was gone from the family for months at a time, but he put blood, sweat and tears into it and was able to help provide for the family through what he was doing. And we had the very, very privileged position of being able to go with him sometimes. So I got to see how other people around the world lived and realized from a pretty young age that there's no one right way to do it. That was that was a huge ethos that I subscribed to as I got older that I really bring to my latest ventures. Um, and also my mother, she was an educator. She started off as a preschool teacher and now does really amazing work at the district level, helping impact thousands of young kids' lives. And I do see the older I get, the more impact that that has had on me with what I'm trying to, to bring to the world, right? Is to inspire people, to help educate them um, in areas that I think will empower them with the ability to develop themselves. That's a huge thing. But I've also had a lot of mentors. So part of how I've been able to get my startup off the ground is that people have 
have taken risks on me. I'm a previous professor and a serial entrepreneur at ASU. His name is Aram Chavez. He kind of took me under his wing when I was a student, was playing around with this idea many, many years ago. Well, I'm not that old, but it feels like many, many years ago. And helped me see that I could be so much more than just trying to solve one small problem. Um, and sometimes it's better to go big. And if I have to refine things over time, great. But try to solve the most important problem to you and then let things trickle down from there. And it's going to work out. Um, in terms of people that I don't know, I think... I think an obvious person, which is probably on the top of so many people's list, is like a Steve Jobs, um, where he brought a mindset to Apple, which was you give people powerful tools and they'll do incredible things. That's something that has really inspired me is providing resources and support and empowerment for people that they haven't had to show them that they are so like they have so much more potential than I think most people realize that they do. Um, and then another person is, is, uh, actually Barack Obama. I remember sitting there crying out of happiness when he, not to get political at all, but just as a leader, I remember crying out of happiness for what it meant for my community and for the world when, um, he was elected and I've kind of followed his journey and man, he's had some pretty hard times and I've realized that the greatest leaders people that I aspire to be often go through some of the toughest challenges and that's, that helps what make them what they are. And so what he was able to do for his communities over time and for the country, um, I believe in, and it's inspired me to try to do similar things. Nice. All right. So yeah, I love that your, your biggest influences have been like your parents or family and just seeing, being able to see all the, um, amazing things they get to do because truly the most powerful influences are like your parents and now your family. So the closest to you. Definitely. A hundred percent. And so, you know, you're right. You know, just the more challenges that come, you know, depending on a person, like the stronger that person can get. And People like Steve Jobs and Barack Obama face so many hard times, but still, you know, come out on top. And that yeah. brings me right back to you, Randy, because now I just got to know, like, some of the challenges that you faced that made you feel even stronger once you overcame them. Sure. Gosh, there's a lot. Um, but I also have to recognize that, you know, I, I grew up in Long Beach, which is a great city has a fantastic community so i was supported in a lot of ways that i probably still don't even realize that being said one of my biggest challenges has been that i am neurodivergent right i have adhd as well as other learning disabilities and i always thought that that was my greatest weakness my parents and i had a really strained relationship when i was in high school because they tried so hard to set me on a good path and i was like I was like the, you know, the firecracker or the firework on the 4th of July that you accidentally let off a little bit too close to the house and everybody's running like, oh, you burn so brightly, but you might explode right in front of us. (laughs) That's kind of what it felt trying to manage me as a teenager. Um, So taking all of that energy, all of that chaos and creating and structuring systems and routines and putting them in place to channel all that into something good, that is probably the single most difficult thing 
that I've had to do in my entire life because I'm 27 and it's been a 27 year process. Um, of course, like everyone, I've also experienced loss this last year in particular. Um, it was actually just the one year anniversary of my fiance's father passing away from cancer. And that really affected me. Um, even though he wasn't my, you know, my actual dad, he certainly felt like one. And even though that there were some strained relationships there, it was somebody that I loved and knew and was close to and feeling powerless in not being able to help. That was, that was a struggle. Um, and then just earlier this year, my grandmother, who I was very close to also passed away. And so the last couple of years have felt like back to back kind of domino, um, loss and things to overcome. And then only a few weeks after my grandmother passing away, I was laid off from my job at Virgin Orbit because the company went under. So I was like, man, what, what is going on? Um, but that happens to everybody, right? And we are measured by our capacity to overcome those challenges. So I worked with my, my, my partner, who's now my fiance, and was like, what, what do I do? what do I do here? You know, the market's getting rough. I'm not a, technically an engineer. Like I'm kind of a jack of all trades when it comes to what I bring to a role. And that's oftentimes not what people are looking for. They're looking for specialists. I think that's changing, but because I didn't have one specific, like really critical narrow thing that I could jump in on, the job security wasn't there. And she helped remind me that it's just yet another opportunity to figure out how to grow and what to do next. So it was actually that that caused me to say, you know what, I'm going to bite the bullet. It's time. Um, it's time to kind of test myself and see what I can do while being put in this position and, you know, grab life by the reins and just go for it. So that's in part why I decided to start this company. Amazing. Yes. Look like loss. And just the times you've, you've dealt with, you know, AHD and just it truly really is loss can really loss can really just push you on and just like, what do I yeah. do now? Sort yeah. of mentality. And I, I, I could definitely feel just that pain of just being powerless as you watch yeah. some stuff go away. So definitely feel you on that one, but you know, I'm, I'm glad you, you know, you had someone, you know, by your side. Um, if you want to say, just be able to like help motivate you and help keep you like, keep you going. Cause that's absolutely me needed. too. A lot of people don't. There's a surprisingly high number of people that don't feel like they have that person, that entity to go to for X. Uh, and I think that's a big problem in society and is also part of what we're uh, part of the solution that we're crafting with a new. It's especially amongst uh, men these days who feel yeah. that, that harsh, like loneliness. Yeah. And so yeah, it's, it's really, you're right. It is a big problem that has to be, you know, yeah. addressed. Um, but, you know, as you've been able to navigate these losses, and I know there's still going to be challenges today and, you know, in the future. So let's just get down to some details. How was, what were some ways where, you know, you're under a lot of stress, under a lot of pressure? You sort of just, all right, you're able to, what are some ways you're able to just like reset? center yourself and just like, like mm. get back to that um, sort of stand where you're like, okay, I can focus now. Let's, let's, let's do this. Sure. Um, 
I've found that mindfulness is obviously helpful. And I'll use that term loosely because I think for some people it's spiritual. For some people it's very grounded in doing something physically. Like for me, one of the first things I do, well, not one of, the very first thing I do when I roll out of bed at five in the morning is I stumble over to my kitchen and I do a very slow pour over cup of coffee. And I try to like, this is a weird thing to say, maybe, but um, I try to like put my face in the steam that comes out because it smells good and I'm trying to wake up, but it also feels good. Like I want to, especially somebody with ADHD, I want to stimulate as many of my senses as possible while fully immersing myself in that right? So I can kind of feel my brain start to come back online. I'll look out the window and try to get light into my eyes. I will, you know, feel the hot coffee as it's going through the, the gooseneck kettle and, um, you hear my partner getting ready in the background. Like it's, that's a really helpful thing that I've started incorporating and everybody makes coffee in the morning, but most people maybe don't assign so much value to it of like, Oh, I'm going to fully immerse myself in this moment and try to set the tone for the rest of the day. That's one thing. Um, exercise is also a huge one. So for me, if I don't at least get some form of physical activity and then fuel myself after the fact with healthy nutrition, then I am just lost for the entire day. And that's not something that I can afford to do as a founder where I'm working 12 to 14 hour days, have, yes, a small team, but still a team that I'm leading um, and still trying to grow myself personally and handling all these things. Like I have to be on my ish, like at all times, right? So incorporating those aspects into my day as soon as possible has really helped me structure and make sure that I'm doing everything I can to set myself up for success. The other big thing is asking for help, you know, going back to the problem of other people, uh, especially men lately, already struggling with feeling like they can't talk about what they're going through. But then on top of that, even if they feel like it, not having someone to go to, especially not having someone that they go to trust to be vulnerable, not to overgeneralize, that applies to everyone, of course, but... That's something that's been critical because you need someone else's perspective sometimes to say, hey, I know it feels like the world is falling apart right now, but let's take a step back. You've got a roof over your head. You've had two good meals already today. You know, you you get to go home and, and read a book or watch your favorite show tonight. Like you're, you're going to be fine and the sun is going to rise again tomorrow. That's also been a really, really critical aspect. So learning exactly when to do that instead of waiting for too long to recenter myself thanks to someone else, that's been another huge thing. And I would definitely encourage people to, to find that person or to build that tool that allows them to do that. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. And I love that, you know, you're just like, you're the kind of person who needs to get like, you know, physical exercise and put in your body every day because you know, I'm that same way. I, I like to go jogging or I go to the gym. Because when, when, you, when you actually get up and like work and do something that really like wakes you up, like yeah, you know, your day. Yeah, it's a keystone habit. Uh, are you familiar with that term? I am. Yeah, where just in case the audience isn't, where there's one small thing that you do that then helps the domino effect of all the other things that you'd like to get done. And just by forming that habit, just by walking around the block for 10 minutes, make it, it makes you feel like, oh, well, I also want to achieve the next thing on my list. And if you can keep that stone rolling, um, it's less likely you'll get stuck in moss. Exactly. There's this moment you decide like, hey, maybe I want to wake up 30 minutes earlier than I normally do. And yeah. you do that, 
and built that habit. And he's like, okay, now I want to do this. It is perfect yeah. for productivity. And understanding why you want to do that thing. It really frustrates me because most people don't necessarily know any better because the world kind of just provides this to us and says, hey, here's the solution to your problem. If you want to be successful, follow Elon Musk's routine and wake up at 3.30 in the morning and do these 50 things. And it's like, well, hold on now. That might work for someone who's a billionaire, right, who has the ability and this massive support network of 75 people keeping them in a position to be able to do that. But the average everyday person doesn't have that. You probably don't need to wake up at 3.30 in the morning to be successful. But what you should be doing is identifying those keystone habits and those keystone skill sets or, or systems that are going to enable your definition of success. There it is right there. Perfect. So folks, look at you. What keystone habits do you want to build and also why you want to build them? And more importantly, you don't have to worry about getting up 3.30 in the morning. He's right. You don't have to worry about three, getting up 3.30 in the morning. Just get a good night's sleep. Yes. Just, just get a good night's sleep because there's going to be days where you'll want to just, just drop dead. And yeah. Just, yeah. I have just, that even when I get eight hours of sleep, you know? So you got to You got to be uh, you got to feel your way through it sometimes. Mm -hmm. So now let's get on to you as sure. a businessman, Randy. So when you were first starting and first learning about, you know, just the very principles and just the very aspects of business, what was something that intrigued you the most about it? Yeah, I have a clear answer for this is that. And maybe this is because I have ADHD and people with that diagnosis often are able to see patterns in areas that other people can't because you're trying to pay attention to so much at once. You start to connect the dots even when the dots aren't there sometimes. But for me, the coolest thing about going to, well, especially about getting a bachelor's of science that was a hybrid degree. So it's both in engineering and in business is that for most things in life, there is a level of what's called lateral thinking where the same principles apply just in a slightly different way. So for me, when I was learning about like first in first out systems or how to structure a business so that it can operate as leanly as possible, right? So you have as many resources in your disposal as you can, but also only the right amount for exactly what you need. Because if you have too much, that can lead to waste and, and it's bad for your costs. I was like, oh crap, that's minimalism. And like, it's basically the same thing. It's just, you're applying that business principle to only exactly what you need, only exactly what you need it to your everyday life. And if that can help a business be successful, why wouldn't we also try to do that in our own personal lives? And so that was one of the reasons why I think my, my mentor at the time really connected with me is I was learning about business, but really I was learning about life. And I was constantly saying, ooh, I don't have a business, but I want to remember this concept. So how can I apply it to my everyday life? Um, and then eventually structure my life in a way that I'm, I'm able to maybe start my own business. That was probably the clearest, clearest, most interesting thing for me. I see. Okay. Yeah. And... You know, because there's just, it's just, I'm just thinking about because there's so many layers to business as well. Because yeah. you're, because you're balancing not just 
you know, the product you're trying to sell, but also how to, um, how to market it, how to, uh, handle like the operations, how to handle finances and all this. So now obviously you have, you have a team to help you like ready that up, but at the same time, there's going to be a lot of like surprises and a lot of like, yeah unforeseen uh, challenges to it. So when when you were um, starting um, a new, you know, trying to build that up for launch, what were some of the, just can you name us a surprise that came when you were building it that you had to, uh, had to manage? The biggest thing for me is actually the team, right? We're still pretty small. So, uh, and we are hiring, if you don't mind me sharing, Um, we are looking for a full stack of developer. We're looking for a kind of a, somebody to be our eventual like chief, uh, like information or chief intelligence officer in the realm of AI. So they can work with me directly on the long-term future of what this is going to be. And then we are looking for a finance and operations person. Thankfully, I am well-rounded enough that I can jump in at any given moment and help with those tasks, but we're doing a lot of work. We realized that in order to build this platform, we also need to educate people on the problem because it's one of those things where everyone is so close to this problem that we're trying to solve of the world really not teaching you who you are, what you want to do in life, or how to design a lifestyle that will ensure that you get there. Um, For so many people, life just kind of happens to us. And I want to empower people with the tools to make sure that they are able to set the terms for what that looks like. Um, So it meant we were told by lots of investors and lots of potential customers that we were interviewing, researching that we need a full rounded suite. We need to take a holistic approach to what this is, which I wholeheartedly agree with, but at the time didn't know how to do. And it meant working with other people. So like now we have a podcast called A New Approach. Um, Would love to have you on at some point, right? Or if any audience member has a particular skill set, they are more than welcome to reach out to me and and we'll we'll bring somebody on. Um, But it was about trying to identify kind of the best way forward where we can reach as many people as possible with as limited funding as possible. Because right now it's been just my co-founder and I funding the entire thing and bootstrapping, not any business, but especially a tech startup is hard to do. Um, So that was a challenge. And then on the personal side, the biggest thing for me was that I, I, I didn't quite realize how much my lifestyle would have to change to support what it was that I was trying to build. There's a great Simon Sinek quote, I think from an old pot podcast of his that most or a a big chunk of the reason and i'm totally butchering this so i apologize to everyone and simon sinek um, if i ever meet you i'm sorry but most people don't reach their goals because they're not willing to pay the cost of what it takes to reach those goals whether it is the financial cost or it is the time cost or just the energy investment that you have to to make to achieve those The same was true of me. I was like, let's just do this. When I got laid off, I'm going to, you know, reach out to my, my, my close friend, Josh, who is now the co-founder and like, let's build something for ourselves. And then it's like, oh crap, I, I'm going to need to wake up earlier. I'm going to need to fit, you know, two days worth of work into eight hours or realize that I'm going to be working a whole lot more often. I don't have the same financial freedom and flexibility that I did beforehand. Um, my productivity really suffers if, again, I don't go to the gym, if I don't get a good meal. So I need to make sure that my personal life is very well structured and in place to support 
this other thing that I'm trying to build. You know, if you're in your kitchen and you're reaching for a really high jar up in the cabinet and you don't have a solid stool that you're standing on, it could fall apart and you could injure yourself. Um, it's the same thing here, just in a much scarier way. <laughs> yeah, it's got it just. Yeah, it just reminds me of something uh, I was watching YouTuber, and he told me one of the biggest um, biggest things in life to succeed, you have to like make sacrifices. Yeah, and you have to like eliminate distractions, and so just having to sacrifice so much of your time and having to put in so much money and so much effort into this, yeah, I know this been a bit has been intense, but yeah, hasn't stopped you so. Yeah, no. And I think part of the reason why is because I have tried not to subscribe to someone else's view of what an entrepreneur or what a founder is supposed to look like. Right. We all have our idols. We all have our preconceived notions when we hear a term like that. Um, I wanted to set my own definition for what that looked like. And as part of that, I had to set my own definition of balance, right? We talk a lot, but we talk an increasing amount in society, which is good about work-life balance. But a lot of people think that that's 50-50, right? That you should have an even balance between all of these different things. To me, it's more of a pendulum where if you're looking at a pendulum from above and there's a circle or a, or a pentagon or something like that on the ground, you have all these different areas around that circle in your life, your fitness, your health, your nutrition. I mean, those are the obvious ones, but your productivity systems, your routines, your love life, your family life, your friends, all of those need to have time being invested into them. But if you're truly balanced, it doesn't look like that pendulum is just sitting still right in the center because then you're not really giving any time to anything. To me, it's more of a constantly swinging back and forth motion where over the course of your life or over the course of a certain amount of time, there is balance, but you are willing to make those time investments or almost like a, a credit card, right? For your time where I'm going to spend this money now that I don't necessarily have, but I'm going to pay myself back in this way. I had to have that hard conversation with my family that like for the next couple years, it's going to be 60, 70 hour work weeks for me. It's going to be me missing out on some events, but I can guarantee that I'm going to pay that back over time. And it's something that you and your community kind of needs to be understanding of and, and on board with before you enter into any massive goal, like building a company or getting your health back in order or whatever it might be. Mm. My gosh. Yeah. It's still, still crazy to think about. Yeah. So now let's just talk about, talk about you as a businessman and talk about your backstory. And now sure. let's just talk about your company anew. So, um, just for, just give us like in your best way. It's just like, um, yeah, reasonable summary of a new. Yeah, absolutely. So at a new, we are building AI powered and hyper personalized systems for holistic development or lifestyle design. So most people in life struggle to advance their personal and 
professional development due to a lack of having holistic, accessible, and personalized resources, right? There's a huge lack of personalized solutions on the market. They're, they're mostly one size fits all. Or if you are working with a coach or someone that feels personalized, you're probably still using their specific framework that they're applying to every single other person. And it's really hard for people to take all those variables into account and craft a unique, nuanced situation or solution that's just to you. Even if you can find that, most of the time, there is a burdensome time commitment, right? And what people want is we've got busy enough days already to carve out a whole other hour to make time for this. It's like if you have a goal to read 10 books a year or you want to get a new, um, you want to get a new job. I didn't mean to throw in my company's name there. That just happens on accident. Um, there's a cost to that. And usually that cost is time. We want to help bring that time cost down by giving you those resources as quickly as we can, just within the moment that you need it. And then the last thing is that people really do want that holistic approach, right? Right now, those existing solutions are in disparate and disjointed systems. So maybe you read a few books, maybe you download an app for your fitness routine, right? And it helps kind of craft one for you. But then you also need an app for your nutrition. You probably also have a task management app or maybe a habit tracking application. And all of a sudden, you quickly start to build these systems that spend more time just maintaining that system than you do actually from benefiting the system itself. And people really crave that data, right? Everybody wants data that is just for them. They want data-driven insights and solutions. But those valuable insights are siloed across all of these disconnected systems. So our solution is repurposing AI as well as kind of like a human lifestyle designer to provide that 24-7 support to people. So it's something that's highly intelligent and personalized where we build a, we call them navigators because it's not quite a coach. It's not quite an assistant. It's not quite a mentor. It can help with all those things, but it's really designed to help you navigate to say, I'm here right now. Where is it that you want to go? And what is the best path to get you there? And let your navigator worry about all of the complicated things on the back end that have to happen. You just work with it on that plan and it'll guide you to where you need to go. So we build these custom digital navigators entirely custom to every single user with a personality and a voice and a skill set or expertise that's tailored to their needs. So you can... If you're familiar with like chat GPT and some of these other generative AI models or large language models, it's similar to that, but imagine it trained on all of your own data and um, obviously customized just to you and designed only to support you. So it's not giving you this general guidance and you don't have to provide it with three paragraphs long of context as a massive prompt in order to get something that's relevant to you. Those tools are getting better, but they're still really not putting that holistic picture into, uh, into perspective. And then because of the way of we... Because of the way we offer those services, we can provide 24-7 support so you can interact with your navigator anytime through messaging or audio, and it's all under one unified holistic platform. So because your navigator is kind of like me in a sense and like a master of all trades, and it integrates your calendar, your routines, your health and fitness data, your value system, your goals, it can paint that cohesive view of your life, and then with that data, intelligently guide you towards your goals. 
I hope that gives a little bit of a summary. It Since does. We're not, we're, we're not on camera for the audience. I, I don't have anything to show uh, <laughs> at the moment, but uh, you're welcome to go on our social media, take a look at what we're building, reach out, ask questions, listen to our podcast, and we're happy to dive in much deeper into exactly what we're doing. Yes, yes. Thank you. It does answer the question. So thank you so much for um, your description of your company. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I've, I, I got to ask this because I've yeah. talked to a, a lot of people who have genuine like concerns and uh, fears of AI, but you yourself, but I'm actually glad to have you on because you yourself have called yourself the AI evangelist. So I'm, I'm happy I can hear it from uh, your perspective, but uh, yeah, I gotta ask why, why AI? Because it is the best technology to support people in this way at scale. And I want to impact positively as many lives as possible. Um, think of what happened after the invention of the internet, right? You have this explosion of accessibility in terms of the world's knowledge. And companies like Google get created because they are able to organize all of the world's information and serve it to you. And over time, that started to get personalized, right? It started to get narrowed down. Now you've got your location, you have metadata that's getting tracked. Of course, there are privacy issues there. And that's going to be something that companies like myself, as well as really large organizations, are going to have to figure out and work with our users on to make sure that they have control over their data. That is a, a critical component. And another part of why we're trying to provide this instead of going in and plugging in a bunch of super personal information about you to GPT or something like that and expecting to get a response do you really want to give all that data like directly over to OpenAI? We want to make sure that with what we're building, there is a container of your data that stays on device that we don't see, that only your navigator sees, that is not really fed back into the system in a way that people can, can access it without your permission, of course. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's like every other technology. I, I think... Something that Rudy said on your previous podcast, he was really against using AI for screenwriting and within the arts. And I, I can understand that because people feel like you're removing the human element out of it. I personally have a different perspective. When cameras were invented, a lot of people thought that it was going to destroy the medium of painting. <laughs> Painting is more popular and more accessible than ever. All it did was add, it, it made the pie bigger, right? It didn't cut out a slice of pie and remove it from everybody else. With what we can do with AI, it's very similar. I wish that I had tools like ChatGPT when I was first going to film school because it took me nine months to write a screenplay. And what we should really be doing is focusing less on the fact that we're using these tools to get things done. And we should make sure that we're designing these tools so that they empower individuals to be able to do more than ever before. So, you know, with the, the writer strikes and everything going on that, that Rudy kind of brought up, the writers now have more leverage than they did before. Because although these tools exist, they also have the ability to use these tools to produce higher quality content at scale without having necessarily to rely on all of these producers and these these systems. So it's it's a double-edged sword and it's important that we're using we're using that tool in the best way possible to maximize, you know, what we can do. Um, I think there are some real issues with job losses, but as with 
with any new industry getting created, there tends to be a net positive overall. And so part of our solution too is like, we want to be part of that social safety net to make sure that as this advances, people have the skill sets and the support and the empowerment that they need to be able to trans transition in to all of these new roles that I think humans are going to play in the future. Hmm. Interesting. So we're, where other people might see AI as like holding um, people, especially artists, back, you see it as actually pushing them forward and giving them a new way to leverage and um, advance their work. Yeah, you just have to learn how to use it. And we need to make sure that it's accessible as possible so that everyone can use this. What this should, what would scare me most about AI is if only the elites, only the rich and famous, only the people who are already in power were able to use it. And so it's really critical that like for us, there is an AI powered system that's like by the people for the people that is empowering you with what you need to stay competitive in this economy, as well as to be able to kind of fight back against that and not really fight fire with fire, but say, hey, you might be using this tool, but so can I. And that is just the natural process of innovation. And that's been happening for thousands of years, right? So to me, it's just the next wave of of technology. And it, it was inevitable that we would get here at some point. Um, but people need to know that the world is now going to start changing so much faster than it ever has before. If anyone is familiar with Moore's Law, where you have an exponential rate of change, we are really starting to enter into that point in, in humanity where every year it's like three years go by, right? In terms of the previous time scale. And so those things are accelerating and we're gonna have to learn how to keep up with that. But if we can, then we can use these tools to benefit humanity at large, instead of just trying to say, no, we can't use that ever. You know, imagine if artists or, or painters at the time banded together and said, no, photography should not exist. Or even the invention of the wheel. No, we gotta use horses, right? Or the invention of the rocket engine. like. Think about how many things humanity has been able to do thanks to the natural progression of tech. When I worked at Virgin Orbit, that was the previous company before this, um, before I started this one. The same technology that we create to help things get to space that genuinely help humanity to put satellites up there so we can better understand ourselves and our world and to um, you know, create all kinds of new technologies based on what we can learn from space. That exact same tech, if it's pointed at the ground, is a bomb. If it's pointed sideways, it's a missile. But if it's pointed towards space, it's a rocket. And those things obviously have different connotations. But at the end of the day, it's the exact same technology. AI is no different. It's just how you use it. I Thank you so much for that answer. And I can see just how much you know, just passion you have, just not just um, a new, but just for the possibilities of um, AI right here. And so yeah. a new, you not only want it to be customized and personalized for the, for the user, but you want like everybody to like benefit from this. Uh, yeah. You're trying to ensure that, as you said, not just the powerful habit, but people like everyday folks yeah. use it to better their, better their lives. But it sounds like, well, I've heard you're putting limits on this because there's things you don't want, like that are going to be um, shot to you about 
person. You're just basically trying to protect like privacy and like the data and everything. I understand, huh? Well, definitely. I think with with any technology, especially if it has to do with data. Um, sorry, I could not have chosen the most squeaky chair to sit in for this interview. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's okay. There, there's always an inherent risk involved. Always, always, always. And so it's critically important that before this tech continues to explode further, we can prove that there are ways to do it that are safe. But the other aspect that you said for reaching as many people as possible, that it's equitable and that it is um, accessible. That that is so so important to me. I grew up in a really diverse here, uh, a really diverse community here in Long Beach and in SoCal, and I, at a very young age, learned the importance of the difference between equity and equality, and realizing that some people needed more help than others. Um, we want to help be part of that solution. We think AI is a is an obvious way that you can do so. Um, but if you don't mind, I, I also want to back up and go to something that you said about making sure that not just the rich and powerful have this, because we get asked a lot like, oh, doesn't this kind of already exist? And it's like, well, yeah, if you are living in Hollywood and I live in Long Beach, so I can see the Hollywood sign on a very clear day when there's not smog. Just to very much overgeneralize, because there's obviously a lot of good people there too. But if you are someone that's rich and powerful and famous, you have, and and you know we're looking up at these people and we're kind of idolizing them. How are they so perfect? How are they able to accomplish so much? Another inspiration of mine is like Ryan Reynolds, right? How does because he's funny. I like him. Um, I think he does good work in business and in entrepreneurship. How does he manage multiple companies? How does he start his own marketing firm that becomes wildly successful and also act and also do things in music, like musicals. How in the world are you able to operate at such a high level? Well, it's because he has his own full team of trainers. He has his own nutritionists, right? He has his own scheduler and a personal assistant and a manicurist. And he's got a person to go to for all of these things. And he's spending tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on a quarterly basis keeping those systems as they are. So no wonder that so many people in that realm get to get to be idolized and to look like they're doing so much. Not that they're not working hard. I'm sure that they are. But the average everyday person works just as hard, if not harder. But we're not supported by these systems. We now, through this technology, have the ability to take that expertise and to take that support, but provide it in a way that is extremely personalized just to you at a massively reduced cost. So we're talking like a normal app subscription cost instead of tens of thousands of dollars if you try to do this yourself with humans. But we also don't want to replace jobs with AI, right? So we will be partnering with people in all of those specific areas of expertise to ensure that we are providing science-based, data-driven, actionable um, support and suggestions to our users. Kind of a hybrid approach. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. And I too am a huge Ryan Reynolds fan because I love uh, I love pretty much all his movies. And he is he is smart when it comes to oh yeah business. Yeah, he's not to be messed with. One of my favorite things, just very quickly. Sorry. One of my favorite things about him is that he doesn't take himself too seriously, and that's something that I feel like happens a lot in business. Is well in life in general. <laughs> 
I still view myself as a 27-year-old kid from Long Beach, California, as a member of my community, just trying to figure out what in the world I'm doing with my life. And so it may seem like I'm doing all this stuff, but I should never take myself too seriously because when you do that, you start to kind of fall off that path, right? Um, like none of us should ever underestimate other people's want and desire just to have a damn good time in life. You know, and so I try to bring that to my team. I try to bring that to business in the relationships that I form. Um, and a lot of it is thanks to seeing the way that that Ryan does his work. All righty, man. Shout out to Ryan Reynolds. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, with the company, there's still a lot of like uncertainties about AI because it advances yep. and grows smarter. There's still going to be so many more questions that people are going to ask. So as you look at those like uncertainties, like how does it make you just more confident in what um, AI could uh, achieve and what you, what the average person could achieve with it? Well, I think it's pretty inevitable that within certainly before the end of the decade, probably within the next few years, that our operating systems and the tools that we use will no longer be within the same medium that we expect them to, right? They will start to feel more like what we're building. They will be hyper-personalized. They will be very, um, very intimate in terms of the type of relationships that you have with it. And we talk about having healthy and unhealthy relationships with tech. That phrase is going to become more true than ever. The part of... Part of what we know about what we're building with personal development is that it does take a relationship with another entity to sometimes have that motivation, right? You need someone, you need something in your corner and coaching often isn't enough. Um, it, you need to be pushed, but also with, with the data and with the support that you need to actually do such things. Um, we think it's going to become a lot more symbiotic right? And these tools will grow and evolve to their unique person um, and vice versa, that these tools will be impacted by each specific user. Um, I think that's a really big thing. And then I think I lost my train of thought. What was the other part of your question? I haven't had enough coffee today. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I was just um, asking you how like you see those un uncertainties with AIs advances and how, uh, how it makes you more confident in what it can do and what people can do with it. Sure. Well, I think there are areas that make me less confident and those have to do with bias, but I do see already researchers are finding ways to tackle that. And even within my own team, we're identifying ways to mitigate that through clever prompting and through some systems that I can't talk about yet that we're building. Um, but that's definitely a problem that needs to be solved. But when it is, and it will get better over time, just the amount of data that AI technology and, and machine learning at large can, can pay attention to all at one time, right? The average human, you can maybe juggle a few items at once. But when we have something that thinks and acts and understands the world the way that we do, but it can pay attention to things at a scale that's 100 times what we can as a human, 
those patterns that can be connected and those insights are also going to scale with the power of that of that AI system. So what I'm excited to see is how this tech will help us understand new things about ourselves and advance just the human understanding and to research itself about where are we going as a species in a way that we couldn't do when we were reliant on just our own brains. And to me, that's another thing that's like not scary about AI is to build tools that exceed our capacity to accomplish the same goal is exactly what it means to be human, right? We can't travel around the planet in a few hours as a human, but we can if we build planes and they're scary to a lot of people, but look at what that's enabled. Same thing with the wheel. You can point to nearly any technology. And while it does benefit us in some ways and, and not benefit us in others, there is always a forward progression and it always advances the human experience. I want to make sure, and I genuinely believe that it will be the case, that AI is going to be just another magnitude of, of impact in that area. Love that. Thank you. So you're just... You see it as, as inevitable, so this really has to be utilized for the tool that you want it to be. Just something where, you know, it's people actually won't see it as so much a threat, but just as a way to leverage and move forward on their goals and their skills and learn new things about themselves. Yeah. What we like to say is that we're building an, a, a vehicle for personal development where AI is powering the engine, but the human always remains behind the wheel. Okay. Okay. So, with the new. How, so, let me um, ask you some, um, if you're able to. Uh, I just want to ask. All the time. Well, yeah. not all the time. I mean, I mean like, time. questions regarding um, your business, because I want to sure. get deep down to, like, some of these strategies for um, you um, building a new for, for example, like how you plan to like um, like promote this and like um, expose like AI and let people know like hey, this sure. is something. Sure. You'll want to have part of it. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, cut no, you off. please, please, please. I was, go ahead. Um, part of it is our podcast. So we are kind of performers and content creators at heart in some ways. We, we kind of have backgrounds there, which I usually don't include in my bio, but as you know, as a musician, used to play music, so I'm comfortable being on a stage, being in front of people. We want to do that. Um, so we want to educate and also entertain folks to kind of, let's bring the conversation down a notch in the same way that, you know, Ryan Reynolds doesn't take himself too seriously. Mm -hmm. This tech is certainly something to take seriously, but the general public still doesn't have an understanding of really what's going on on the back end and why it's not really all that scary unless it's in the wrong person's hands. So we plan to be very open, very transparent, very community-based. We've already recorded a handful of episodes of our podcast where we break down in more detail what it is that we're doing, what we're trying to build. We want to work with people on what, like, let, let's mass aggregate. What things do you most need help with? What tools are you using? Let's, um, you know, let's open source to a certain extent this as much as we can. And obviously we still have to provide a, you know, a, a profitable 
operating platform, but we're we're gonna you know take take it out into the streets, so to speak, and and craft it with the community around us to ensure that it's exactly what our users need. I think that customer centricity is is huge. We have some other exciting content coming out um, in not really the film and television space, but just for media that I I can't share about quite yet. But if you pay attention to what we're doing, you're going to be seeing that in early fall. And then I'm also going to be out on the road kind of doing more things like this. So I'm going to be engaging with real people about how I use these tools. You'll see on social media quite soon. Um, I don't know when this is going to be posted, but exactly how I'm using our tool or our tool in our day-to-day life and how it's kind of evolving. So we just want to be as transparent as possible. I don't want to go through the typical like paid media and advertising route. We really want to kind of grassroots community support this. So we will be in part reliant on, you know, like your listeners. If anyone's listening to this and thinks that this could be useful for their life or wants to learn more, let's talk about it. Like we don't want to be behind the scenes, ooh, some secretive AI tech startup. Like, no, we're just everyday people that are figuring out how to apply this to our lives. And we may have a skill set that enables us to do so more than the average person. But let's break that down. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure that you're empowered with the information that you need. Okay. All right. So you get um, figured out and I have to check out your uh, podcast, a new approach, you called it, right? You'll have to be on it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. Thank you. And um, looking forward to that. So, yeah, there's just been so much I know, so many ups and downs, so many challenges, so many, so much thought about like what a new will be uh, now and in the future. Yeah. So you've had a lot of time to really think about that and put in a lot of work and effort. But mm-hmm. let me ask you this: when it when a new comes and you're and you've launched it and it's a full time uh, company, yeah. how do you plan to? You've already explained like differences of of a new bet- um, between like you know Chat GPT, OpenAI. But how do you plan to further like differentiate yourself from all the other AI companies once a new becomes um, becomes full time? Yeah. That's a that's a fantastic question. And the answer is still our customers is making sure that we are extremely customer centric, that we are meeting people's needs and that because we are a very creative team, I think a unique approach that we have uh, to this market is most people in the AI space are a little bit more technical. And we're able to see things from a different perspective. And we are quite literally taking a new approach to how some of this tech is used. So I'm very confident in our ability to be able to expand into new markets and create even more support and empowerment for people. As a quick example, let's say that we have anonymized um, user data that that people have opted in. And we can say, hey, based on 100,000 people just like you, here are, and they're completely anonymous, you don't know who those people are, but maybe the data is there, obviously, only so far as our customers allow that. Um, Here are some actual, like, here's some research that we can do thanks to that data to statistically say now, it is most likely for you to achieve X goal if for you in your very unique position, if you do X, Y, and Z, like we can really start to use some of that data to provide um, 
even more personalized services, then we can also branch out into to products, into content. Um, because it's so multifaceted, there are a number of different avenues that we can take next to grow and scale. But at the end of the day, it's just down to what our customers want. And anything that we can do to truly provide yet another increase in value to them, that's, that's what we will do. All right. Great answer. Thank you. So just always focusing on the customers and their satisfaction and what they want. Always. Always, always, always. All right. Now it's my last question, Randy. You have evolved tremendously from when you were first starting out to being the founder of a tech startup. So let me just ask you this. As you look as you look back on how you've how you've grown, how you um, how you've changed from way back then, what is something you're most proud of? Mm. I think it's my I think it's my ability to turn how would I describe this? Earlier on I shared that I was kind of like a you know a lit firework where I had all this energy that wasn't directed in the right way. So it was just a really bright flame and then it would go out. I'm really proud of my ability to turn my impulsivity and some of the quote unquote negative aspects of my disability into what feels like a a superpower. I see things, I put dots together that other people don't. Um, And I'm able to do so because I have learned to not think of the constant overstimulation as something that I need to shut out, but something that I need to learn how to filter in, make connections for, and then make decisions on. And it's really allowed me, especially as I've gotten better over this over the last few years, to accomplish things faster and to spend less time like with trial and error, right? Because I very much believe in like the Uh, you know, in the scientific method and trial and error is a huge part of that. As I've gotten older, I don't have to do quite as much of that because I've really started to refine like, oh, I know what this, this means now. And I immediately know how to use that in my life. That's probably been the biggest thing. The other, the other really big thing is that I feel like I'm the best partner and friend um, that I've ever been to people in my life that I care about that I have capabilities now that I didn't before. And all I want is to use those capabilities to help other people. I mean, you probably see it embedded into the DNA of what it is that we're building. And I just want to find a way to do that at scale. And so to feel like I've really taken the steps that I need to do to be able to start expanding that now at a much, much larger realm, that's that makes me pretty proud. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Thanks so much for that answer, Randy. Yeah, thank you. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes episode 40 of the upcoming. I want to give another big thank you to my guest, Randy Rollins, for coming on and sharing his company and what he's learned with us. Thank you so much for coming on, Randy. It's a pleasure. Can't wait to chat again.
Absolutely. So like I said, folks, that is it for episode 40 of the upcoming. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore upcoming podcast. And be sure to find the website uh, upcomingwithjohn.com. And also just be sure to tune in for more of uh, the episodes we've got. 40 already so just take your pick every single one is amazing and so yeah let's just keep going here folks so episode 40 coming coming soon actually uh well yeah if you use episodes is already out (laughs) (laughs) all right but uh episode 41 will be coming uh next week that'll be all and uh, ladies and gentlemen good night all right Thank you for tuning in to the upcoming. If you like this, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore upcoming podcast. Best yet to come. Take care, everybody.